The Spin-Off Podcast Network. NAIR is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air. Nau mai, haere mai, whakatau mai rā, he konei pūrangi tēnei, pāna ki te ao Māori, me te ao hurihuri. I'm Leonie Hayden. This is a podcast about being Māori in the modern world. When I'm happy, I listen to music. When I'm sad, I listen to music. When I'm real angry, I listen to music. Music has carried us all through a pandemic, but our kaiwaiata are getting screwed. Welcome to Ne. Our musicians and kaiwaiata have had a shit house two years. There's no two ways about it. In the first lockdown, stimulus put there flowed like manna from the heavens from CNZ. It's kind of all been downhill since then. Last year, the well dried up. Um, we decided that as it's the end of summer, a time when summer gigs and tours would be wrapping up, we wanted to check in with some of our muso mates to see how they're doing and what has been done to support them. Um, a lot of musicians make the bulk of their annual income over the summer. Those are the paying the bills, paying the mortgage months. The rest of the year is usually spent figuring out how to pay for everything else. Um, nearly every, not all, but most big tours and festivals were cancelled this summer. Some managed to make it in that sweet spot when it looked like we'd dealt to Delta, but the Omi wave hadn't quite hit yet. Um, and then everything from Lantern Festival, Auckland Art Festival, Rhythm and Vines, WOMAD, Pacifica to Homegrown was cancelled. In some cases, for the third year in a row. Now that lockdowns are a thing of the past, there is far less support for the arts, although it could be argued that the industry is actually suffering as much, if not more, now. Live venues are struggling, performers are struggling, some stimulus has been made available again recently, but there are those further along the supply chain and live events, lighting, catering, equipment hire, who aren't eligible for any of it. Um, and factor in, if you're a Māori musician, you already earn less than your peers and have less commercial radio play. Today's Manuhiri have carved a living from what they love and what they're incredibly talented at. And it would be a freaking shame if either of them had to go and get a real job. We need them to keep inspiring us now. Uh, so coming up, they're going to let us know how it's going and what they need from us. Hey, Nate. I am back with my co-hosts, the diva Mariana and superstar DJ Tikuru Jews. Kia Oh, kia ora. I like that. I'll take that. I like our new titles. I know. <laughs> I was like, it's music themed. We are the stars of this show. Pai, good. Uh, haven't caught COVID yet. First episode in studio, so chofano. Aye, aye, it is a momentous occasion. It is actually the first episode since Nair started where two co-hosts have been in the same room together. Yeah, you wouldn't know from the outside. <laughs> you Hard. wouldn't know. So one day, Mariana, you'll have to join us and we aye. can all do it together. I know, I'm feeling mokimoki over here. <laughs> we're itching closer and closer to that. <laughs> um, today we're talking about the musics, the waiata. What have you guys been listening to? I've been listening to a bit of SYML. I don't know what that per- what you mean, what it means out loud, if it's an acronym or not. But it's like real, it's like piano, 
he's huge inter- or he or she they are huge internationally I think it's a fella oh. but um just real like moody piano music oh yeah like te karehana without the vocals uh-huh. and I love Tex's music and it's kind of like to me it's it's on that level of that really artistic I've made this it's a whole new world for me because I don't really mm. listen to that traditionally I used to listen to hip hop and I'm going to be distracted trying to figure out what that stands for for the entire podcast now <laughs> I'll look it up, but yeah, just that moody music. I've been into it lately. Awesome, beautiful. If it's Ahua Takes, then Kane yeah. is. I'm a sucker for his his voice. Mm. Oh, have either of you heard him live? I Ahua. Recently, I've been listening to Kotero, oh, um, which love is it. a Wellington-based mm. artist, um, Anna Scottney. She's super cool. Have you heard her track Force Field? Yes. Really cool. I'm a sucker for electronic music, Aye. and I love her voice. It's what she can do with her voice is, is just stunning. Tino really care, eh? Because, like, no mm. one sounds like her, but she is still sort of, like, rapping the Hamaori real hard. Yeah, But in this absolutely. futuristic way. You know, I, I love just electronic music in general. Yeah. yeah. That, that really cool sort of new sound, but with Ahua Māori, Kaupapa Māori at the core of it, at the heart. She's bomb. She's a bomb actress as well. She's got heaps of cool stuff coming up. Like a Netflix series with Melissa McCarthy. Wow. She's going to be real famous. We have to get her on. Yeah. Hi. The other music I've been listening to, I'll, I'll put a quick plug in, is Lucky Lance, his, his album that he oh, dropped this why? year. Uh, from up north. Oh, yeah. From the naughty north. And um, just hip-hop, eh? Team Dynamite, the bro. And oh, just me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just cool, you know, jazzy, contemporary, Aotearoa yeah. rap. Lucky Lance, cool. Yeah. To check him out. Check it Man, out, Farnie. Oh, what about you, Leone? What's your tino waiata or te wāne? So we, my partner and I, in the sort of the avoiding people, isolation and sort of COVID times, end up listening to the, like, creepiest shit. <laughs> like the Twin Peaks soundtrack has been on, on a loop in our whare for, it feels like a year now. And then we still get excited when one of the other puts it on. It's like, oh, yeah. Um, or there is this um, amazing Ethiopian pianist that we listen to a lot. She's a, a blind nun. I sound like one of those people that's like deliberately <laughs> trying to listen to the most obscure music ever. It's not true. I just I just like her jams. And I think it's like the same vibe as Tekudu. I like moody and instrumental in times when it's just like you're just trying to float along, get through. We do, um, so I'm studying, as um, most of our listeners will know, because I talk about it all the time, I'm studying full-time and the only music we're allowed in class is kai waiata Māori, waiata Māori. And that has been opening up heaps of cool stuff as well. I've been listening to um, a lot of Te Kahu, a.k.a. Thea, but mm. Te Kahu is her. She writes beautiful himene and more sort of traditional waiata, beautiful um, odes to her whānau and her um, kuia, and um, I'm really loving that. I really like the direction that, yeah, Te Kahu yeah, is taking her beautiful. music. Because under Thea, she's real poppy, yeah. and then the Te Kahu gives you that real Māori... Right. And it's also recorded in a way like maybe she used sort of like super old recording equipment or it sounds like it was recorded back in the day as mm. well, which is reminiscent to me of like some of those like um, the money or portal voices, um, you know, those old records like that with just like, yeah, our wahine Māori singing lovely songs and harmonies. and Sounds authentic. Aye. I met her, we worked together at Song Hubs, the inaugural Te Reo Māori Song Hubs, which we just had an online zui for last week, actually, which Anna was uh, a part of because our Song Hubs was cancelled like many other things. So, you know, 
it was orchestrated by um, Bikrunga and Hiniwehi, Dame yeah. Hiniwehi Mohi with their uh, too. But it was just really sad, but it was cool at the same time. But I was just gutted because we've all been looking forward to it, how to make some Māori music with Love other that. artists around the motu. But, oh, wow. Um, so Takuru has just given you a little bit of a clue there, listeners, about um, who one of our manuhiri is itenera. We're going to let them join in on this convo and we're going to hear from them what they've been up to, what they need in terms of support, how they've been surviving these last couple of years. We'll be back right in a minute with those two. Hoki mai anō. We're joined by our manuhiri for this episode, two epic wahine Māori, two epic musicians, uh, first up, we have Te Kahuriri Moa Taumata, He Uri Ano Ngati Kahununu Me Ngati Tufari Toa. Uh, te Kahuriri Moa is a writer, a singer, a composer, a storyteller, a taonga puoro practitioner, a visual artist, te me, te me, te me, based in Whanganoiatara. Um, she's also part of the amazing storytelling duo Timo Timo with Carly Philip Barbara, who we love. No mai hoa, welcome to the podcast. Kia ora, tēnā tātou. Hi, kia ora, no mai. And our second guest um, is Anna the Corrington, no Ngāti Tūwharitoa, me te arawa. Anna is a musician, a composer, a singer, songwriter, who as well as being a lauded solo artist has also featured in every great group project you've ever heard such as Fly My Pretties. Um, Anna's an amazing māngai and advocate for women in music and wahine Māori in music. Kia ora, Anna. Kia ora, hoa. Tēnā tātou. Kia ora. We wanted to check in with you guys. We need to get a little <laughs> bit of a, a check-in with our mates about what's going on for you as musicians at the moment. Te kahuriri moa, are you performing live? Yes, I have been a couple of weeks ago, I had a single release show for my first debut single. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and it was hectic. Like, I think I felt all the effects of COVID and, like, what that was, what that's meant for us as artists, like, the day of the show as people started isolating. Um, we weren't sure how many people would actually show up, so it got a bit freaky there for a second just because we had worked so hard to put together this show was such a great opportunity for us um the fringe festival hosted us and but the way that they handled all of this trying to put on through fringe festival and covid was really mean they looked after us artists hard out and like did things like let us keep the money that we made from the ticket so we didn't have to pay Fringe anything for hosting the gig for us. And then we still got dope things like there was someone there to film, lighting, mm. all the sound people, and that was all just hosted by Fringe and then we got to keep all the money that we made from ticket sales, which was mean. Cool. And it was an amazing show because I was there. <laughs> oh, I'm jealous. And you performed your heart out. It was so cool and it was awesome. In a way, I mean, I love intimate gigs. Yeah. And so I think there's maybe like 40 people, away. Eh? Yeah. So it was small, but it was, I don't know, it just made for, makes it all the more special. I tell you what, it's weird to perform to people wearing masks because you don't get the, like, I really rely heavily on being able to see people's faces. 
Um, And so it was odd at times, muffled laughs. Like the laughs didn't sound as loud to me on the stage. (laughs) 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 But thank you for coming, Ehua. That was mean to see you. (laughs) It's such a rarity. And when you get the opportunity to go to a live gig now, yeah. You just cherish it so much more. Yeah. You know, you forget how beautiful it is to experience music our way to it. Yes. And we went handy for that co-papa. Like that was the thing that kind of just kept us all going. We only had a couple of rehearsals in the beginning, but mainly it was just knowing that we had to put some good freaking vibes back out into our community because it was, it's been feeling quite hectic. So we took that, we took that really seriously, <laughs> that responsibility. Mm. And even having, you know, Mediana saying it's intimate, I'm like, I haven't been to a gig in ages. You know, I've been, I had a few tickets that have been cancelled. I'm sure, like yeah. everyone else, um, yeah. as a consumer of music, a high consumer, right. and you're just getting used to it now. Like, oh, is this concert's probably not going to go ahead, but I'll, I'll get them anyway. Yeah. But mm. yeah, intimate mm. gigs. I mean, that's where it's at for me, and just uh, that you mm. that you were able to do that and launch your Waiata. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. They don't really pay the bills though. Intimate gigs, do they? <laughs> oh no, nah, not really. <laughs> They're, they're a community service Aye. that us artists Aye. do. Like, mm. that's how I kind of definitely as an artist with a few different hustles, I've seen that our people kind of, like, love these spaces, these kōrero pūrāko, waiata spaces so much that um, it feels at this end <laughs> more like, like this cultural responsibility and this community service that we're out there doing. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> and the, how many gigs do you reckon in a usual year you would have done by now between, like, say, November last year and now? How many gigs would you have done? Oh, uh, I mean, I, I'm not even, like, um, the typical kind of festival act. Like, I, my music's not really party music, so I'm not someone who gets booked for, like, every festival, like, you know, some of my friends might. But I still would usually over summer do at least 10 gigs, maybe maybe 20 gigs, something like that, just depending on on what I've been up to the year before um, and how interested people are in hearing my music. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, as it stands, I did two gigs in December when we went to the orange setting of the traffic light framework um, and everything else has been cancelled. I had a gig from October at Tairawhiti um, Arts Festival uh, which got postponed to February and then got cancelled. And, yeah, and it's kind of, I think it's slightly different up here in Auckland as well because the COVID's been so hard out um, mm. that I just feel like even to do an intimate gig in this environment right. would just be t- too risky financially but also, you know, the responsibility of um, bringing people together in, in this environment is, yeah, it's just not really a, a good buzz it's it's hard to feel feel positive about it mm. about the idea of getting 100 people into the room even though we're allowed to it's hard to feel great about doing it and it's hard to feel like it's something people will actually want to do you know yeah um so yeah I I did in in the orange setting before the Omicron outbreak I did a very small gig at the tuning fort very intimate <laughs> and um loved it like it was it was like nourishing for my waidua at that point after such a long period of um 
you know, not doing a lot of live performance. And then I did a fundraiser gig for um, To The Front, which used to be called Girls Rock Camp. Um, and that was mean. There were heaps of other really cool artists. And, um, yeah, it, wa- it wasn't a putea thing. Like, obviously yeah. it was a fundraiser, but it was it was a really good time. And I, it was, I wish I could do it again. <laughs> but, yeah, everything else canned, yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah, and plus I've got two small children. So, Hi. And my partner's, he's in music as well. He's a music producer and DJ, and he has been, he's the music director for a show called Symphony, which is quite a big co-papa with lots of people involved and um they do it in australia as well and so he just took that on during this whole covid time and it's been full on so he's been working full time on that and we we're grateful that he's had the mahi to be honest but it has meant that i've taken the role of of parenting while he's been doing that um and i've had bits and pieces here and there of, of not live performance mahi but um I've done a lot of parenting. My bros have done a lot of parenting <laughs> over the last two years. Head high, head high soundtrack. Yes, I did. Oh, I did head high, and so that She's was a um, composer. Yes, yeah, she makes music for the telly. That's what I was doing in the studio today. Actually, I was working on another TV show, but um, yeah. So I'm, I'm just glad I've di- I diversified on purpose in the last kind of few years, um, even before COVID was coming. But Aye. yeah, Lord, am I grateful now? Yeah, sounds like you both. I mean, Te Kahurere, and while you said that as well, how you, I don't know what you, how you worded it, but it's like a multifaceted a hustler. hustler. A hustler, <laughs> hustler, yeah. I'm glad you came in with that <laughs> when I said it. Um, but yeah. I was just going back to what you, you know, and either of you can elaborate on this, but I'm still grappling with why, why can't we just have gigs outside and people can sit five metres apart? Don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, don't ask me. I'm not an event producer. That's an event producer brain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and a, like epidemiologist brain, I guess, from the perspective. Oh yeah, of oh, I forgot about COVID for a second. Whether whether or not it's safe, but um, yeah, hope, hopefully soon, eh? Um, but even still, someone's got to be willing to take the risk that right. people will buy the tickets. And mm. Enough, you know. Like if you talk talk about outside gigs, I mean, the cost of that is massive. Mm. You need to sell a lot of tickets to set a stage up, get a PA in, get all the fencing, and make sure the toilets are there, and you know, like. It's the it's mm. huge risk. So right. yeah. When we were all stuck inside, when we we're all noho kainga and a lot of us who rely on not being at home to make a living, did you find that time creatively productive, or was it just too distracting being in a pandemic? Was it the opposite of that? Because I've talked to some creatives who've gone one way or or the other. Did they have kids? Yeah, well. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like there's a line in one of your songs. No, just it's hard to practice music while your kids are confiding in the kitchen. <laughs> I based the whole song, song <laughs> of trying to rehearse with my kids, trying to do the dishes and fighting, and it was just driving me insane. Mm, yeah, I wrote a whole album about about, <laughs> yeah, about how parenting is just kind of like all-consuming and very mm-hmm. hard, and um, takes it's hard. The album was kind of about how hard, it, how difficult it is to switch between parent brain and creative brain, right? Like being able mm. to, you need to be able to focus, but when you've got kids, they need your attention mm. when they need it. You can't just go just a minute. I'm just finishing my song because <laughs> they're only little, and you know. You gotta wipe their ass or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not it. anymore. My kids are um, <laughs> metaphorically. Now, 
yeah. <laughs> metaphorically. <laughs> uh, a good friend of mine, Numa McKenzie, who's an artist and uh, a learned brother, and he he he's an art. He put the idea to me that the music industry isn't fast enough. And again, this might be a, from the organizer's side. You know, it takes six months to put on a big gig or something like that. He was saying, you know, we get an announcement from the government, but it just takes too long to go through the whole process of let's get a gig together, let's sell a hundred tickets. Oh, but yeah. if we need to be quicker, like two weeks, right, ready to go. And then summer, he said, you know, that all those big concerts they got what a lot of the concerts over summer could have happened earlier. And I've just been sort of ruminating on that, thinking about that. And if you guys have any whakaaro or wero to our audiences, like, let's kick it up a gear, whānau. Let's, let's help our yeah. music industry out. Yeah, well, well, definitely I would say that um, that would be the main barrier to doing it quickly is that pe- and New Zealand's, like, notorious for just not buying tickets because we have a small mm. population and hardly anything sells out, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like pe- people can be relaxed about getting their tickets, but it does make it very stressful when you're um, taking the financial risk on putting on uh, an event to, you know, like you can't, you don't want to go, okay, I'm doing this gig in in two weeks because, yeah, the people are just not used to that thing of like getting tickets straight away. And it's also hard to um, to cut through sometimes and just get people to, to know about it, right? Like, mm. So it's not just me then, other people are... Last, like most people are last minute. Most people are. <laughs> yeah. True. Nama shocker, eh? So, oh, this is happening this weekend. Oh, there's five tickets. Me, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> people will do that for um, festivals and like international acts. Mm. But yeah, <laughs> not, that's right. Not eh? for our local like Elton artists. John, yeah. Elton John 2023, 20, I yeah. think he's yeah. been advertised. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so, I was talking in my intro about how in the very first. Uh, lockdown it was like the CNZ tap turned on and like everyone got a bucket full of money to help them through I guess what they thought at the time was only going to last a year or so and from what I can tell sort of last year with the um, lockdown systems going away and traffic light coming along the the well dried up near the the Putia dried up somewhat except maybe there's a little bit still floating around what is the the government support look like for you right now? Mm, I've been involved, I think, in, I don't. I haven't gotten any, like, applied for any things, but I think how the government money has kind of come back is that a lot of gigs that were supposed to go ahead, the artists are still getting paid for those gigs that didn't happen, but there's only been a couple, not every single one. Mm that I've been involved in has meant that we get to keep the money that we were promised for our show that we would do. Like an insurance rather than a stimulus. But yeah. that's that kind of trickle-down thing, right? Like the um, the promoters get paid out the money and then they pay out um, whoever they were contracting. But, yeah, yeah. see, I, I've been told that I'm going to get paid for some of my cancelled gigs, but I ain't, I ain't seen a dollar yet. Um, with the exception of Tairawhiti. Arts festival, like right. of course, of course. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Waipara was straight in there, like no, Yuzu, you know, we'll we'll get you something, you know, mm. or at least he he communicated about it. Oh. Whereas yeah. I think people are still looking into that and what it can cover and what it can't. Um, and in addition to that, the Ministry for Culture and Heritage have announced the a five thousand dollar payout um, for people across all art sectors, okay. which is great. And everyone should apply for that if you haven't already. Artists of all types. Um, and 
I'm not sure what the criteria are, but I think it's fairly straightforward to apply for that. Um, and that's really great, but it's still like, you know, like I say, I'm not, I'm not a top tier artist. I'm not mm. like one of the biggest artists, but even for me, five grand would, would cover one or two festival gigs, I, I, you know, mm. and most people have lost at least 10 kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard for artists because so many artists are just not that way inclined. You know, we just don't think yeah. about money at the best times anyway. So they're not out there like scouring the government websites going, what can I apply for? Like, where's, <laughs> exactly. where's the putter? You know, like, yeah. where's a form for me to fill out? Lots of people just didn't hear about it because they're not like on the same vibration as the IRD or they just, <laughs> you know, their mates, they're not in Would those. Would you want to be on that vibration? <laughs> exactly. Oh, they're oh, not they're in gone. those circles. And, um, <laughs> So they didn't they didn't apply or whatever in time. And then the other weird thing about it is there's all these business grants, like small business grants, right? So if you're set up as a small business, as an artist, which I am, but not all of my friends are, then there's this other puta you can apply for as well mm-hmm. if you meet the criteria for that. And that is a quite a big disparity. Like Aye. the amounts you can apply for as a small business are much more than just one payment of $5,000, you know. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty, it's quite hard to navigate. This is good. Mm. I'm hearing a lot and potential of, you know, how we can help artists. And someone who went through setting mm. up business, I know how that was difficult for me. Mm. And I'm kind of, you know, in media, it would be easier than for me than for a lot of people, I, I can imagine. So I found it really mm. difficult. So setting up something to help artists go through that so that they, you know, we can make it more sustainable. 100%. Because like you, you guys have said, it's cultural for us. Getting together, mm, yeah. you know, and especially for Māori, waiata is a cultural thing and now we can't get together. Mm. We're, not, we're not doing our waiata at the marae. Mm, yeah. mm. And it's not that process of sharing and connecting our tinana, our wairua, it's mm. just not happening. So we've got to find a way through it. See, now I feel bad that I didn't, like, offer to fill out applications and stuff for people over lockdown because I think I'm kind of okay at them even though they make no sense and filling in applications is the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I've got one musician friend who would definitely qualify for any type of support. Like, I know she's lost loads of gigs, but she's just like, I have an actual anxiety around filling up oh. forms and I just, like, don't know how to, you know, I just don't know if I can do it kind of yeah. thing. Mm. Like, just people are different, right? And then kids and stuff, are you? life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think that's such a good thing to offer to your artist mates that aren't good mm. at form filling out, that don't um, operate on the same vibes as IRD. <laughs> like if you are the onto it friend that knows how to do that stuff, it goes so far. Yeah. It. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to do that because um, my partner's a bit more um, that that way minded than I am. So he's, you know, reminded me and then I've tried to remind all my mates as well, you know, send the links, apply for this if you can. Oh, yeah, you're good like and that. And some, some of them just <laughs> like, oh, I just didn't, haven't got round to it, still open, and then I'm texting them the next day, have you applied for the thing? <laughs> it's free money. You're so good, Do we have a um, ropu waiata that's sort of like a waiata Māori union, a Māori artist union that kind of, uh, do we need one? Oh, hepatai pai tēnā. Um, there's no. one for managers. There's one for managers. There's a Facebook group. There's like Hiropu Kirongi Te Pukumata. But yeah, Dame Hinui has set that up mm. on Facebook. I've seen so that that's page, there yeah. for any Māori musicians that want to go and join it. And um, she posts a lot of good information there. But yeah, a collective. My mate, who was a program director at Radioactive, seems to think there there isn't any sort of, well, any 
something similar to like a union and part of the Radu being that musicians aren't employed, you know, they don't they're not actually employed by organizations. They're mm. contractors or um, you know, business yeah, owners yeah. if if you've got your own business set up. It seems like a real um, issue, you know, for for musicians not having any sort of collective rights or yeah, um, it is yeah, yeah, definitely. And there there are I know there are some people looking into establishing a, some kind of union, and I think they're trying to tether it to um, an existing union that like um, yeah works with other industries or something like okay. that. That is my, how most unions work now. It's sort of like yeah. a one organisation that looks after a few different fields. Like a higher level of um, your mate filling in the forms oh. for you. Kind <laughs> of thing, you know? <laughs> like the same kind of concept. Oh, but, um, oh that's a good idea. Go. Hey, um, we are going to just throw to a little break um, and then after the break we're going to talk about posy things. We're going to talk about the future. See you soon. Hokimayano, we're with Tekahudere Moa Taumata and Anna Coddington. We're catching up with them about what's going on in the music industry right now for our Kaiwaiata Māori. It's been a tough time, ne? Mm. But we're um, we're also interested in what is getting you excited. What what is um, what's coming up for you that makes you feel like it's not all doom and gloom. This pandemic is going to be over one day, and you're looking forward to. What? A career change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to my album coming out this year. Hey girl. Yes. In May. Uh, yeah, I've been working really hard on it. Started work for it last year and it's finished. So it's going to come out in May. Woohoo! And that's the thing that I'm excited for the most this yes. year. Yes. I'm excited for it. Just to see what will happen. How do you the album? Um, it's called Acts of Service. Yo. Yeah. Is that your love language? Uh, it probably is. Yeah. Nah, mine's quality time, oh, I... if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like making music at the moment is an act of service. It's like, it's hard to make a job of it mm. when you can't do gigs. Yeah, yeah. It was very specifically chosen, too, because we are um, an independent musician there's absolutely no money behind this. So everyone that came in to work on it, including my producer, Neil McLeod, just did it for Aroha. And it felt like a real, in the course of like the process creating this album, felt like a real act of service. A lot of the waiata on there are just for our, my, our people Things like waiata that you can sing to your daughter when she gets her waifero for the first time. Songs for the water. I feel like protests about the water are going to ramp up and we need some jams to like <laughs> sing. Me. Um, that was the idea behind why we named it Acts of Services as we were writing and as I was being like testing out ideas. Most of them came back to being like, I want this song because I want my people to have this. Yeah. Are there ways that either of you, you know, for us as consumers, so that it isn't just an act of service, you know, um, how can we best support, you know, should we purchase your album on Bandcamp? You know, do you have some T-shirts? What what are some of the ways that you guys can recommend we can support your mahi with Putia? So it's not just for service because, you know, we want you to get paid too. 
Yeah, <laughs> I don't think because we're doing a um, quite a mainstream release. Um, so it's going to be on Spotify because there's the other thing is I could have put it up on Bandcamp and kept some money for us, but my auntie does not know what that is. Mm. <laughs> she has Spotify on her phone. So I gave it to Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just help. I think we should just real be, be pumping each other's, like pumping that music out. Like, mm. as, cause I think that that's the best way for somebody like me, this, I would just want people to hear it. Right. Like, that's my main, once it's out, share yeah. it. You want it on those big yeah. speakers at like Speedway. Exactly. Um, like when people are doing their spin class at the Les Mills. Give it, yeah. Orongonu <laughs> will be great at spin class. <laughs> Give the songs to Taika Waititi, like oh, whatever. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Get in some big films. Right. Yeah. Katia, hi, Anna. What are you working on? Um, well, Katia Mahia Itawa um, TV show, the one that I talked about before. I've uh, kind of just starting on that. Um, they just finished shooting it, and it's one of my best friends, um, AD Walker's, directing it. Oh, so sure. that's, I, I am excited about that. It's. Um, yeah, so it's going to be pretty fun working with her. But yeah, I've had a, I've had a funny time. Like, um, Lockie D was not a super creative time for me. Mm. I've got to be honest. Like, I didn't, and I just also, you know, it's been such a mental journey as well. You know, like uh, mentally challenging. Um, I just haven't really felt like I've had much to say um, or much to offer in the midst of. Yeah, such hectic times, I guess. Um, and it just feels pretty glib to be banging on about uh, I've written the song and it's just kind of about my feelings or whatever, <laughs> you know. If there's, yeah, I just haven't really been in the mood for, for that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've got that TV show. I, I think I want to make some more music, but, yeah, like you say, in terms of it being mahi, like a, a job, um, it's... I mean, everyone's different, but my my view is kind of like you you make the album. It costs heaps to do if you're <laughs> you know paying paying people, so you, you wear that and you see it through, and then you do all the promotional stuff, which is kind of like doesn't feel great. But then you get to do your gigs, and um, that's your kind of your the part of the process where you potentially make some money back mm. or whatever um this st- streaming's a thing for some people I'm not a huge streaming artist like I don't get the number of streams where it's a, a, a tangible amount of of income really um mm. you, need, you need to be up in the millions for that yeah. Right. yeah can you give us an idea of exactly like what kind of I mean you don't have to tell us how much you've earned from streaming but I literally have no idea what like twenty thousand streams gets you. Is that like oh nothing? Fifteen nothing. cents? Is that nothing? It's it's not like uh, you might be able to buy a coffee maybe, but maybe <laughs> maybe not. You know, um, it's bleak. yeah, it's pretty. It's it's bleak. It's pretty negligible. So yeah, I agree. Like sharing is is one of the best ways to support um, because it's. That's such a weird. I don't. I feel like now it's like if you can create the illusion of value around your mahi, irrespective of its inherent value, then that's how you can start um, attaching it to things that have monetary value. Right. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Like mm-hmm. that's when people will go, "Oh, everyone's sharing this artist. Maybe we should get her along to this <laughs> festival." Right. And she's, pay her. she's on TikTok. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I keep seeing this name. I keep seeing this song, this face. Yeah, yeah. Like that's sort of um, one way where an artist can get enough recognition to get on board with something that will actually pay money. But, right. um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just think it's also for, for artists, I think it's just quite yuck to think in those terms. You just try to do what you're doing and then hopefully it pays off somewhere down the track. Right. But um, Total fool. Yeah, but that's why I deliberately, as someone with two young kids, my kids are five and eight now, but quite a few years ago, even before COVID, I realised that touring relentlessly is not for me. Mm. It's not something I, I want to do. It's not something I can do really, but also it took that experience to realise I, I genuinely don't want it. I don't want to be away from home all, all the time, you know. Mm. Um, so I've deliberately tried to make more of my mahi studio focus, like mm. the TV stuff. Um, I'm producing for another artist. That's something I'm excited about. Um, her name's Davida and uh, she doesn't have much out in the way of recordings, but um, if you find her Instagram page, she's got so many mean songs and song ideas. So we're going to have a jam together and do some um, some recordings. And, yeah, and I also do some voiceover work. Ooh. So that's been a good little thing to have ticking over um, as a side hustle as well. Yeah. But, yeah, um, what am I excited about? I, I guess spending time in the studio because I haven't been able to do that while the kids haven't been at, at school and that's what I love to do, Aye. to just noodle around in the stewed and um, Noodle in the stewed. Noodle in the stewed. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I have. I, I was kind of joking before when I said I was excited about a career change, but also not, you know. Aye. Like mm. I have been thinking, like, what else is out there because Aye. if we can't tour, it's very difficult mm. to make a living, I think, for an Aye. artist of my level. I don't feel like, I mean, you never know, but I don't feel like I'm about to um, have a, a song get tens of millions of Spotify streams and suddenly actually pay some money. Aye. So, yeah, but that but that is exciting to me, the idea of potentially doing something else Aye. as well. Oh, so you're going to make a mean producer, bro. <clears throat> yeah. Hard out. All right, um, last question. Um, we did this at the very beginning of this episode, but I would like each of you to share with us a kaiwaiata Māori who you're like someone new that you've just um, discovered or just someone that you love? Kaiwaiata Māori. Oh, yeah, Asia. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's me. Um, oh, Ma, M-A, and there's oh, a yeah. um, portai on I, the A. Mean. Yeah, she's mean. She was awesome live. Yeah, she's mean as. I feel like most of the kaiwaiata Māori or wahine that I listen to. Same. <laughs> we have a bit of a wahine bias on the show anyway, <laughs> hey, Leone. <laughs> The kudus are token, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's the kudus. <laughs> um, well, mine would be te kahurere moa. Hey. <laughs> hey, thanks for sharing. Cool. Yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there are loads. Um, Ngā Neko, or she, what's she going by now, Neko? Her, I think she's going Ngā Neko at the moment. Ngā Neko, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Davida, who I talked about before, who I'm going to do some some production How for. do you Just spell that, Davida? D-A-V-I-D-D-A. Okay. Um, she'll be so shamed that I'm talking about her like this. But, um, but yeah, she's she just writes really cool lyrics and I love her stuff, so I'm excited to get some down on um, digital tape. Uh, and, oh, yeah, you said ones that people might not have heard of. I love Paige. Oh, uh, I. I love Paige. Kia ora hoa. 
Kia ora kōrua. Thank you for coming on our potty potty. Kia ora koutou. Updating us with what's going on. It was a, that was a mixture of the, the the struggle that is real and also the mahi goes on and can still be awesome and uplifting. And I, I mean, that seems to me like a, a very real reflection of what's going on. So thank you. Thank you for mm-hmm. your honesty and your candour. A big thank you to our producer, the Ihead Butler. Thank you, Ehoa. Um, you can find more episodes of Net at Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to your potties. Um, read the Guru on the spinoff.co.nz every single week and find us on Instagram, Net the Ao Māori Podcast. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Hayakuan mate, NAIR is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network. It was hosted and researched by Leonie Hayden with Te Kuru Jews and Mediana Johnson. NAIR was produced by Te Aihe Butler with senior production from Jane Yee and project management from Mark Kelleher. Kia ora e te iwi, Te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at the Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.